So today I'm going to do things a little bit out of order. It's one of those days, just go with it. I'm not going to read the, the passage quite yet, but I want to kind of talk about things and sort of set the scene and sort of hopefully get you into a mentality before we read the gospel lesson. So you're kind of getting a sermon and then the reading and then some more sermon. This past Monday, my daughter and I were at the movie theater, and we went to see The Marvels, which is the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU as they call it. Now, I'm guessing most of you are familiar with the MCU, even if you haven't seen any of it, but you've probably heard of it. It's kind of this cultural, huge, enormous thing. But if you're not familiar with the MCU, it is this enormous tapestry of all kinds of extensive storytelling that's interconnected movies and TV shows, and it's just this enormous, enormous thing. This latest movie that we saw on Monday that just came out this past weekend is movie number 33. There are also seven different television shows, some of which have more than one season to them. And in addition to all of that, there's also like 11 more TV shows that may or may not be connected. And this is dating all the way back to 2008. So since 2008, there's all of this stuff that's telling this one enormous story. Now, I am a nerd, and I have seen all of it. Anybody with me? Yes. I have a fellow nerd out there. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry, this is kind of cracking me up a little bit. So, the funny thing about this is especially now in these later installments, if you haven't seen stuff ahead of time, you're probably going to be lost if you come into it. That wasn't always the case. And in some of the earlier situations, some of the earlier movies, you could actually come in and watch it just by itself and enjoy it. Now, the best example that I can give you of this from the entirety of the MCU, Ant-Man. Ant-Man came out back in 2015, and it was the first movie that introduced a new character about a guy who can put on a suit and shrink to the size of an ant. I mean, it's kind of right there in the name. But it's a small-scale movie. And if you haven't seen anything ahead of time, you can actually watch that one and enjoy it. It stands on its own, but it's one of the few examples of that. The opposite side of it, this movie that we just saw on Monday, is a sequel to one of the other movies, as well as being a sequel to two different TV shows. And if you haven't seen any of those, you'd be like, what is happening? Who's that? I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know. And then I'd be sitting over there. I know, because I've seen it all. And this happened when my wife came to one of the Endgame movies with me. And she's like, who's that? I don't know. I'm going to go on a tangent. Anyway, what I want you to think about, the scripture, the gospel, that's why we're actually here. This particular story that, we are, that I'm about to read is kind of like one of those MCU movies where you can take it on its own, but the larger picture is important. We're going to say that the scripture as a whole is what we like to call the biblical cinematic universe, the BCU. See what I did there? Okay. So I, wa I want you to keep that in mind as I read this passage. 
if it sounds kind of familiar in terms of some of the themes, if you've been here the last few weeks or if you've heard the sermons the last few weeks, a lot of what we're going to hear today is going to sound pretty similar. And preview, if you're here next week, it's probably going to sound pretty familiar as well because it's all part of this ongoing theme. So with that, all being said, with all of that idea in the back of your mind, let's read the gospel. And you can stay seated since we're already kind of up and going. Our gospel lesson for today, for the 25th Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus says, For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you've handed me over five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Same theme, Nancy. Still kind of not very nice. <laughs> All right. So we have this parable. Now, we can and often do take these broken down passages that we have every week, these individual little portions of scripture, and look at them kind of by themselves. This is why I brought up the whole MCU thing and Ant-Man. If we think about this one as Ant-Man, there are some interpretations that we can make on this particular parable. It's, it's kind of a weird one, and it's just a little bit strange to wrap our heads around. We hear about this rich master who gives away to his servants some of his value, some of his property. They're called talents. Now, a talent is an enormously huge sum, and we don't really know a ton about the master other than apparently he's kind of a rough guy, but he's rich, and he shares some of this with his, with his servants. And then he goes off for an indeterminate amount of time. Two of them get to work right away. They take what they have received, and we don't know what they do with it, but somehow it multiplies. Somehow, each of them double it so that when he comes back, he is all kinds of happy with them. The one comes up and says, Master, look, you gave me five. I made five more. And he says, 
Way to go. Good job. Enter into the joy of your master. And then the other guy comes up. Look, you gave me two. I made two more. Good job. Enter into the joy of your master. And then we've got this other guy, this guy who just seems utterly scared. He's scared of his master because his master is a rough man, as we hear, and then he ends up proving it. But he's scared to lose that's what has been given to him. So rather than doing anything with it, rather than depositing it at the bank, we hear about that, or rather than putting it to work in any way, shape, or form, the guy digs a hole and buries it. He's protecting his own keister so that when the master comes back, at least I can give him back what is his. But the master gets angry about it. Now, if we only look at this passage, I think there's a few different things we can think that we can take from it. Maybe we look at it from the idea, well, God gives all of us talents and gifts, whatever that might be. And so we have to put it to work. We have to put it back out into the world, and somehow it will produce more. But if we just cling to it and just hold on to it and sit, sit on it and don't do anything with it, well, then it doesn't do anybody any good whatsoever. That's kind of a face value interpretation of this passage. It's not wrong, but it's also not overly exciting. And it kind of hints at, well, God wants you to work, and you have to work hard and earn it, and if you don't, God's going to be mad at you. And that's problematic. So let's zoom out. We have to think about what comes before and what comes after this. Now, we've already mentioned we're into this portion of Scripture. It's actually two chapters, chapter 24 and chapter 25, when Jesus is teaching his disciples And it all stems from Jesus saying, hey, you see that temple over there that looks really awesome? There's going to come a day when it's not going to be here. And the disciples freak out, and they're like, hey, when is this going to happen? We want to be ready. We want to be prepared. We talked about this last week. And Jesus tells them, no one knows when this is going to happen. You cannot physically prepare yourself, so live your lives in a way that is worthy. Live your lives in a way that is honoring to God. Just live your lives... And that's going to happen at some point. And maybe it sounds rough, and maybe it sounds daunting. It sure does. But live your lives now in a way that reflects what God has done for you. It's this idea of being prepared. And all of the teachings that Jesus continues to do throughout the course of these two chapters point us in that way. It's not about being physically prepped. You don't know when it's going to happen. We can't be physically prepped. We can't have a checklist of all these things that we're supposed to do. It just doesn't work that way. And so the big question is, well, then what do we do, Lord? How do we live our lives in a way that's prepared? And that is what's coming up next week. And yes, I'm giving you a preview of next week. And I'm on vacation next week, so I don't really care. (laughs) Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And all of his audience is like, "Um, dude, when did we do that? And Jesus says, when you did this for the least of me, or least of these, you did it for me. This is a reminder that we are not alone in this world. We may be the center of our own universes, but we are still connected to one another. And the teachings of Jesus, if we continue to expand out and consider all of the gospel as a whole, all as one big story, the teachings of Jesus tell us over and over and over again, what are we called to do? We are called to love God, and we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Do we ever do this perfectly? No, we don't. We fail. We mess it up. 
We damage relationships. We're selfish. And so is everybody else. We're all in that same boat. And yet God loves us. And God has forgiven us. And God has given us the ability to forgive one another and heal those breaches. And when we do that, when we live our lives in a way right now that reflects the honest truth that, yeah, I'm not a perfect person. I mess up. And then I own it, and I try and make amends, and I ask for forgiveness, and I try again the next day. That's what we are called to do right here, right now, and we leave all that really scary stuff out there in the future. We hold on to the promise that God has made that while that may be scary and we don't know what it is, you are mine. And that promise will not be overcome by whatever really, really scary end-time scripture we sometimes read. The MCU is one big story. So go back to 2008, start with Iron Man, and spend the next roughly, I don't know, four months watching stuff over and over and over again, and you'll catch up. It's great if you like comic books. I love comic books. Or go to this story that we visit week after week after week after week. A story that says God made it, humanity messed it up, Jesus redeemed it, and invited us into the work of reconciling. That's the story of the gospel in a nutshell. That's the story of the scriptures as a whole in a nutshell. And I don't know about you, but I love that story. I think I'm done. Amen? Amen.